everybody. It is so wonderful to be with you again. This is Doris Hornstein, and you just tuned in to Moments of the Heart podcast. I am an author that became a speaker and used to be an educator, but I'm still am an educator because I feel like every time I open my mouth, I help teach, I help inspire, I help move people from a place where they are to maybe a little higher place. And I'm speaking today after doing this really incredible, beautiful, emotional, energized um, Rosh Hashanah services to a small group of people. We were about 30 of us. And I'm still on that high of surrounding myself with people who were as enthusiastic and as spiritual to learn and to grow and to greet the new year in this beautiful space and beautiful space. I'm referring to really your mind and being ready. And I'm not going to share all the stuff we did because that will be three hours long and we only have, you know, 10 minutes or so, but let me just do a couple of things that, um, that I talked about that I think is really was beautiful. I was in Israel a couple weeks ago, and one of the experiences that I had in Israel really made an impact on me, and I brought it to the Rosh Hashanah experience service that I led. And that was, I went to the Holocaust uh, Memorial Museum. In Hebrew, it is called Yad Vashem. It is based in Jerusalem. So I want to give you a little visual picture of that place and how I made that turn around to be influential for High Holidays. And in the High Holidays, we celebrate the creation, in Rosh Hashanah in particular, the creation of humans and our place in this world and how we can be the people we want to be looking forward. You see, Rosh Hashanah is a lot about the celebration of looking forward, and Yom Kippur, which is another nine days from now, is reflecting back on the years that, on the year that we have just finished, learning the lessons of how to be a better person, how to apologize for the things that we have done that was not so good. So back to my Yad Vashem, my Holocaust um, museum experience. So I took my mother, and for her, it was the first time that she was in this museum, that she came to the museum. And even though she's living in Israel all these years, right, the first time. So it was very special just that, the fact that I was able to take my mom to this important museum that talks about the Holocaust and what happened to 6 million Jews and 11 million people. So we entered the museum, and if you can imagine for yourself this, like a shape of a boat from the outside, that, you know, like a big, huge boat, and you go in in one end, okay, on the, on the belly, you, you, all of it is happening on the belly. You go in the belly of the big boat, but on one end, and it's very, you, you enter into a wide screen, very wide screen. And my friend, Karen Barabash, who was, we agreed to be, 
our tour guide, our amazing tour guide, and she doesn't really do that anymore. She's more, she now teaches people how to do this. She's so good. Um, she wanted us to watch this movie that was actually a collection of different video clips uh, portraying the people who lived in Poland and in Eastern Europe before the breakout of the Holocaust, right? You know, our regular life. And so we watched that. And then, because we entered in the very corner of the big boat, then you kind of make a right and you kind of walk through the boat. Yeah? Just imagine going straight line. But when you face the rest of the boat, you don't see necessarily what the Holocaust was or what happened. The museum is built in such a way that there is... Entry points, like, you know, for a lack of a better word, there's like holes in the walls and as, you know, big openings, right? And as you walk from one end to the other end, you walk through in a zigzagging way through the different openings on the side. But when you stand right at the very beginning, when the big video screen is behind you and you're facing the rest, you don't know what you're going to see. And at that moment, I stopped. And I realized that that's what life is. That as you face the future, you know, you have your past behind you, your history behind you, but you don't know what are the openings in the walls that you will experience during your lifetime and that to me connected the holocaust to a, a high holiday theme experience is the fact that we are here on the high holidays and we're celebrating that god has given us another year but we don't know what the year is going to be we don't know what are the opportunities that are, will come our way? We don't know the suffering that we may experience or the challenges or the good and amazing things that will happen in our lives. But that's maybe what's beautiful about it is the not knowing. And if you have never been in the Yad Vashem Museum and you are planning to go to Israel, do yourself a favor. Go and experience that because seeing it through my mother's eyes who saw that for the first time she was so moved and that moved me because to me that was my fifth time there but every time I go I learn something new and that feeling of connecting the holocaust <laughs> and part of our history to a sense of renewal and a new year was profound for me. And that's and that's what I, I I began the High Holidays experience. So we had a service that's called a Libenu service. And a few, you know, about 33 people came and you had to buy tickets to come. And it was in a in a in a beautiful Lake Oswego location. And we, even though it was a clubhouse, at the beginning, when I thought to myself, oh, my God, I'm doing a service in a clubhouse. How can I make that space holy? But I'm here to tell you 
that it became holy. Why? Because of the, all the small things that I did that made it special. So everybody had a name tag when they came to the service. And behind, in the back of the name tag, I wrote a special, individual, personalized blessing that I blessed those individuals that came. Because it was only 33 people and I knew them all. So I wrote something about them to enrich their own experience, to give them the beginning. And I thought that that was a really a beautiful touch. But when they came, I said to them, we're here in this beautiful clubhouse, but we're, it's going to be a sanctuary for us. And then I taught them a song. And I want to sing that song to you. My voice is a little bit hoarse now because I talked for a long time. It was a three-hour service, which is not that long. But then we had a dinner at my house um, for 20 people. And it was like, it was amazing. It was an amazing day. But that song, I taught it a line by line by line by line. And I kept on repeating that song throughout the service. And every time we break, we did a breakout sessions. And every time to come back, I start singing that song. And then everybody kind of joined me and sang that song with me again. And so there was no like, okay, everybody's learned to listen now. It was more bringing people through through the intention and the spirit. So excuse my hoarse voice a little bit, but I hope you enjoyed. And I hope that if you went to synagogue or didn't go to synagogue, if you're Jewish or not Jewish, that that could make your heart grows. And here it goes. And it goes like this. Oh Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary pure and holy tried and true and with thanksgiving I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Ve'asuli mikdash ve'shachanti betocham va'anachnu. Nevarech ya meata vadolam. And the Hebrew means something a little different than the English. And it says, God, we will make for you a mikdash and you will dwell inside of us. And we will bless you from now until forever. And that was just such a beautiful place because when we sang that, then the clubhouse ceased from being a clubhouse, but it became a sanctuary where we blessed each other and blessed God and talked about what's to come. And the cherry on the top of that beautiful cake was my son, my 16-year-old son, who blew the shofar. And may I say, without sounding a bragging mother, that his blowing of the shofar and the kavanah, the intention that he had, 
And of course, I set up the mood for people to receive it in such a way. But the way he blew the shofar was just incredibly moving. And I think I will never forget that for the rest of my life. So, and the shofar, by the way, it's a ram's horn. And it's supposed to alert you and awaken you and make you emotionally open to receive what it is in your life that needs fixing. What it is in your life that you want to do better. Right? And I want to leave you with that thought. What is it in your life that you're looking forward for yourself in this coming year? That was one of the questions I asked in our cards. And how will you take care of yourself and of your spirit this year? And how will you foster connections with other people this year? using your spirit, using your gifts. So this is the questions I leave for you to ponder as we are entering and in the midst of the nine days, of the 10 days of awe, which now is nine days of awe. What will you do and what will, um, what are the things that you need to reflect on to be the best that you can? Because if you are born in the image of God, you are capable of doing so much more. And you are capable of receiving so much goodness from yourselves and from other people. And that's what I wish for you. So, it's a blessing that we say, which means a good ceiling to you. In these days, the Jewish people know that God is writing our names in the book of life. And we hope that that book will be sealed on Yom Kippur, which is going to be happening next Wednesday, a week from today, that we will be inscribed to the book of life. And I wish for you, each and every one of you, to be inscribed in the book of life, in the book of health, in the book of happiness, and in the book of whatever it is that your heart desires. Thank you so much for listening to me today and you can find me on dorishornstein.com find me on Facebook on LinkedIn we'd love to always communicate with you thank you for your time bye bye